This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. All right, so Jay, 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 welcome to the Therapy for Dads podcast. How you doing this evening, man? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. We've, we've been uh, talking about this, getting this in the works for a while, and I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited too. Uh, when dads try to get together to do a video podcast, it can be interesting with timing, right? <laughs> so what, what time is it for you over in Chicago? Uh, it is 10.43. So we are, but you know, like I was saying, saying earlier, this is... Uh, one day yeah. I will have a good bedtime, but you know I haven't done it yet. So this is this is pretty normal for me. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. I'm not as late as you. It's 8:43 my time because I'm on the West Coast in California, and you're kind of over there in the Midwest, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we got the nice time zone difference. So I'm finding with doing some of these interviews with meeting guys like yourself, we tend to work on interesting schedules. So it's either late in the evening or I'm up like at four in the morning recording with someone else. So it's either <laughs> extreme yeah. late or extreme morning. And actually, quick story for those listening. Um, so Jay and I met actually through Instagram two and a half, three months ago, something like that, maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. And so Jay, Jay and I met, uh, he's got a great Instagram account for parents and, and I'll have him plug that, but we kind of found each other's content and started talking and striking up a conversation. And here we are almost three months later and kind of still connecting on just different dad, parenting, fatherhood, men, stuff around that kind of world. And so thanks, man, for, for jumping in and, and being part of this. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was as soon as you, as soon as anybody says, let me have you on the podcast, I, I'm down. But when it was you, it was <laughs> like, I, I knew how much you've been building towards this and, and you, had a, yeah. you had a list. So I wanted to get on the list. That was my part. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to be on the list, man. I do have a list. It's it's a, it's a, there's a wait list and you got on. I, I, yeah. I put you in. I feel Cool. So, I feel good about that. Good. It's uh, I guess cool is a word. I think I'm. I don't think I'm trying to be cool, but I, I appreciate the nice comment uh, of being on the cool list for therapy for dads. Why don't you go ahead and just start by introducing a little bit who you are? Just kind of jump in and, and tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah. So I'm Jay. Uh, I have two sons. Um, Elliot is almost seven. He, we have a birthday in about two weeks. Actually, he'll be seven. Um, Sawyer. What, what's is, the birthday? Uh, July first, dude. That's um, my eldest is July 4th. Oh, so really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> July 4th. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Well, and, and yeah. it's good. That's a good, it's a good holiday. That's like my favorite holiday. So it's uh, yeah. summer. It's anything. You give me something in the summer. I'm, I'm there. So cookouts, yeah, yeah. grilled food. Yeah fireworks right so then sawyer is five uh his okay. birthday is in october and they're i mean you know uh they're great they they couldn't be more different uh as far as human <laughs> beings go uh <laughs> They have yep. they they've taught me a lot about like themselves and about myself. But then, as far as like work goes, I taught for a couple of years. Uh, I taught sixth grade English and social studies for a little bit. But I found that like public education, uh, at least the school I was at, it wasn't a system I could work well within. And then I I've moved since to social social work and and working primarily with dads. So that's yeah. like facilitating groups for dads, helping them get resources in the community. 
um, helping the community learn how to uh, help dads out better because sometimes mm-hmm. the community itself doesn't really know what to do with dads. So right. yeah, so or but, resources, but, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of it's it, it's it's mom centered mm-hmm. because you know moms do need help, and, and there there are a lot of moms taking care of kids, um, but sometimes right. dads get lost in that shuffle. So it's just kind of plugging them in and and helping them find a, a resource or a place or a, a job kind of thing. And, and that's interesting. You said that with your social work over there in in Illinois, finding not a lot of stuff like for dads, like what to do with them and resources and groups, and finding a more resources for moms and, and women, which, and I've said this before on my previous episodes or just even on my, my, just why I'm starting this whole ordeal with podcasts and YouTube was really creating more spaces for dads and finding a big hole. And you totally confirmed it again in your, even in your state and where you are, we're in completely different states, but even there seeing there's a hole here, there's a need for dads and there's not a lot and trying to create spaces and resources and connecting them for various things. And, and you have been doing that for a living. And so, yeah. you know, how long have you been serving men and fathers in that capacity? Um, in this job, just about two years. And honestly, one of the things that I found, we actually, I was on a, a conference call today. One of the things that we talked about is that whenever we work with dads, it seems to always be to help them. Like they're somehow the problem. Like we've got to help these poor dads. And it's like... <laughs> My and what 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 I want to contribute to the space is that like when you make dads part of the solution, bring them as like not these sad sacks that like need to learn how to do all these things, but like you know if we actually treat them like they have the answers and they just need a little bit of you know like to right. to learn from each other and to to be yeah. treated like they have something to offer that they have value. I think that's where. For me, I see actual change and actual empowerment. Mm. It's not that they mm. just come for a free handout and then we don't see them for a month or two. It's, you know, mm. when we listen to them and when we when we hear what they have to say and when we we treat them mm. like they have value, that's that's where I see change. So you've seen it more maybe they haven't been where they've been treated as I like it. It's it's funny and also not because it's serious, but sad sacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's, you know, a hilarious image, but it's also kind of sad that that is how not in all aspects, but you've noticed that that it's they're treated as the more of the problem we need to fix and mm-hmm. not like you said, being part of the solution and part of the collaboration for coming up with problem solving answers and saying, Hey, bring your ideas and how do we help equip you versus like, Oh, we're just helping fix them. It's like, yeah, what a, what a wonderful shift of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So I, I facilitate a group that we, we meet weekly, uh, virtually. Mm -hmm. And that's what that group is. It's like, Mm -hmm. it was really hard at first to build because I think that especially dads or, or men, hear about a support group and I feel like their their mind goes to like AA or like NA and it's like oh right. we're gonna sit around or we're gonna tell like our stories from our prime and you know or or complain about our kids or complain about our significant others. What right. what has happened and, and been super transformative is that it's like really just a bunch of men who want to be better dads. Hmm. And so we have a topic and then we just share our perspectives and our experiences around that topic. So hmm. it's never like, hey, this is how you become a good dad or hey, this is what you should be doing. It's like all of us with different backgrounds and all of us with different upbringings bring different things to the table and we learn from each other. So like Mm. I've been doing that for almost a year and a half, you know, we'll get into this. I grew up without a dad. In a lot Mm. of ways, I feel like I am getting like, like back pay. Uh, Like I'm getting like a retroactive, like fathering. Yeah. Cause it's powerful. I've never, I've never before this year and a half sat in a room 
with other dads and just talked about life. It's, you know, wow. we're not we're not there to complain. We're not there to teach each other. We're just there to yeah. share and learn from mm. each other. And it's it's a powerful thing. Man, I love that. That re- yeah, retroactive pay. It's like you've been. <laughs> it's all coming at you right now. Yeah, and you're getting but, yeah. like all this dadding and fathering. Let's segue to that. I mean, so you, what was it like for you not having a dad around growing up? Yeah, uh, you know, you notice what's not there is really what mm. it, what it, like growing up. It was like you know when there were things at school that were. Mm. <laughs> like you know we're, we're approaching father's day i don't know when this will release but it'll, maybe it'll be right after father's day but uh yeah, yeah. whenever we made a father's day gift i would just turn mine into like another mom's gift like you know like that's mm-hmm. what it would turn into because you did it at school uh well i guess you know i guess daycare maybe not school because school is not in the summer but like daycare mm-hmm. i remember making stuff for my mom on father's day mm-hmm. Sports was kind of a big thing. I was I was really big into sports growing up, so it was just it was just noticeable that yeah. he wasn't there. He was never there. Like he was never mm-hmm. like my parents were never like married. From what I knew, my mom was a single mom from day one. So okay. I was. Did also, you ever meet him? Uh, <laughs> I actually, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because my mom uh, was just visiting this past week and she dropped a, a truth bomb on me that the first time I actually ever met him, uh, we visited him in prison. Uh, I did, I, oh, I li- wow. I'm 33 years old. And this is the first time I heard this story was like literally two days ago. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. How old yeah. were you? I was a baby. Like I was legitimately, I guess he oh, got, wow. he got caught up like writing fraudulent checks mm. and got sent to prison and, my mom, for whatever reason, thought that maybe I think that in her mind, like maybe if he saw me, that like he'd like change his ways or something. It didn't work, <laughs> like, you know. It didn't. Okay. It didn't work. And like yeah. honestly, obviously, I had no memory of it because I was a baby, and I right. and it was never spoken about. That's another theme that has come up: is that a lot of these things uh, just weren't huh. ever openly discussed. Like if I okay. asked, I'd get like enough information to to placate me for the time being. But it was never like compared to how I am, like as an adult, like myself, I'll talk about anything for, you know, a long period of time. And my mom was just like, I think I'll just give him sure. enough information to to get him off my back for a little bit. Well, well and do you think that do you think that shaped you at all? Like maybe getting short placating answers. Do you think that shaped now as an adult your willingness to talk and go deeper and have more longer conversations? Do you do you think that was part of that shaping or not? Yeah. At all? Yeah, I think I, well, I think that I seek out a lot of things that I I don't or was not getting as a kid. For me, a, a big one is like affection, like physical affection. My younger son is like the like a, a gift from heaven. How much he loves to cuddle, like he is a yeah. cuddle monster. Like he yeah. when he was younger, like between like the ages of like one and a half and four, no matter where we were, he would go play for like fifteen or twenty minutes, and he would just mm-hmm. like come back and like put his head on my, on my like knee or like kiss my hand yeah. and then go back out and play. And it's just like, I, uh, it is just open, like unlocked a whole new level of like, uh, Oh my gosh. Like I, 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 <laughs> I hope it never ends, but like I'm going to cherish it while it lasts, you know? And my mom wasn't super physically affectionate. So like, I think that's something I, I have sought out. Hmm. And then that same idea hmm. with like being able to like dive deep into things. It's like, man, like I just, I love talking. Yeah. To, I, I love a deep conversation. I don't want to yeah. do small talk. I don't want to do how's the weather? How's your dog? 
Like I want to be like, dude, like mm-hmm. what do you what are you trying to change about your life right now? Like what do you yeah. what do you really get into? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's definitely shaped you then, and mm-hmm. and and I'm wondering, you know, you were blessed with this son who who is super affectionate, and you kind of hinted at it, but. What do you, mom wasn't as affectionate. So what do you think you really needed for mom when you, when you were younger? You know, I've thought about this and like, you know, uh, so like I said, my oldest is seven. So like throughout my parenting journey, uh, I've gone back and forth about how I feel about my upbringing. And like, you know, I love my mom very much. And Mm -hmm. as a single mom, she did like an amazing job. I mean, because look, I mean, I'm I'm happy with myself. So Uh, I'm happy with the job that she did. I wish that she would have like held to consequences better. I think that that mm. was a big thing that I needed. To, like I had to learn outside of her was mm-hmm. I, I I learned how to talk my way in and out of things with her. And like I I mm. hate using the manipulation when it because it's me. Like I don't like, but I think I learned how to manipulate by mm. manipulating her. Like I would I would mm. I would just do whatever it took to get out of trouble. And I think that that was not her strength. Her strength was not holding firm to a consequence. Her her strength mm-hmm. was not holding the boundaries well. And mm-hmm. with me or in her own life. And I think that it just kind of, as as a kid, and you know this, and I know this, kids figure out the right. simplest way to get things done. And then they, if it they works, do. they don't, we don't, we, we, you don't move off of it if it works and you're yeah. a kid. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, you figure it out and you're like, oh, this works. Why, why would I try? I mean. If I got this down, why change? Why try anything different? But but it sounds like you mentioned your son for a reason that he's so affectionate, and you were. Yeah. It sounds like you're alluding to maybe not being as shown as much physical affection as maybe you wanted when you were younger. Is that kind of what I was hearing? Yeah, uh, a little bit. And this is no knock on your mother. Well, no, and her, I, but, yeah, I think that, you know. and that you know, it, it's a cycle. So I think that for her, I don't think her family's super affectionate. Like she's not like like she's the, she's one of. Uh, five kids I think and she's the only Mm. girl Um, Mm. so they're not like a super like we'll hug goodbye and like hug hello but like beyond that like you know there's like space on the couch between us kind of things like if we're like watching (laughs) the movie or something like yeah I don't know I think and I think that that's what I I do crave it now and you know Mm. it it could be because I, I I didn't get enough of it yeah it just wasn't wasn't her wasn't her mo it was just she was, she would hug and she would show affection in other mm-hmm. ways. But like, I don't remember like cuddling on the couch, watching a movie, mm-hmm. you know, we would yeah. sit in our own spots and watch a movie. Yeah. And, but, but now you have the son though, who loves that affection more than just the, and, and nothing wrong with that. And again, it's not knock, trying to knock your mom, but it seems like you mentioned that for a reason that there was something inside that realized, wow, I, this is something that really speaks to me and really hits me when my son shows this this type of affection, physical affection, and in a way really makes me come alive and 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 feel more love, more affection, more care, more closely connected. I mean that's kind of what well, I was okay. Saying. So I think that like as you as listening to you, like it feels safe. Like it's a it's mm, like a I safe. feel at, I feel home. I feel safe because like honestly there's been, you know, 2020 and 2021 have been uh an adventure uh and chaos. Mm. It's you don't as, say. As, <laughs> Um, and honestly, my, the young, he's so, Sawyer is just so good at it that like there have been, Mm. I would say in the last two months, there's been two times that like at the end of the day, we'll be watching a movie. I'll put my head on his chest and like, Mm. he like will know to like rub my head or something. And I like Mm. literally cried with Mm. my head on my son's, he's five (laughs) years old and he's like comforting me. And he doesn't, he doesn't realize that I'm crying. It's just like, I'm just like tearing up, just like. Yeah. I just feel myself melt. I just like, I just, mm. I feel taken care of. So I think that part of that is like, 
that's part of the being a single parent is that like if I had a significant other, they would probably, you know, do that. And I don't really try to I don't put it on Sawyer to do that. Like I don't put that right. burden on him. Mm-hmm. It's just in those moments I'm able to like fully melt. Yeah. I like what you said that you are very well aware of not placing, like you said, that burden on him because that yeah. wouldn't be healthy. But these moments you allow yourself to feel that 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 closeness, even with your son of, wow, this is something that really in this moment, this like little slice mm-hmm. is powerful. It's moving to the point of your your body's reacting through tears and saying, okay, there's something here that's safe with my family, with my son, that I can feel this closeness and it's something that's needed in our family. It's super yeah. cool. And like, yeah, he's just... He's, it's like a whole it, yeah. new depth for you, it sounds like. A new a new depth of, of that type of healthy intimacy with your family, right? Because intimacy, there's all these layers of intimacy um, within within family and relationships. And that's like an intimate moment with you and your son of like, okay, there's this connection and bond happening that is powerful and moving for you as a father. Yeah. What a sweet moment. And I, I can see why you want to cherish those moments. And I would too. I've had some of those moments with mine where just it just hits you and you're like, okay, like I'm, melt, I'm melting mm-hmm. um, because it's, Unanticipated, it's unexpected. It's not planned. It's like they come on their own to show you that they care for you, and they're modeling right what we mm-hmm. do to them. It's through teaching, yeah. but they're still. It's there's something sweet and innocent and intimate from them when they come up and just do that. You know, my my eldest will come up, and sometimes he'll just he'll look at me, and he's got these you know blue eyes, and they just like they pierce my soul because um, yeah. he stares, and I know I feel it when he's looking at me. They just they go right in, and he's like, Dad. You're beautiful. Oh. And I'm and I'm like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> like I feel I thank you. Like and I just give him a big hug and he gives me a hug and he runs off. But he yeah. just but he's he connects, he stares and he is meaning it, you know, much like your son, it just it melts me. It's it's something that I always want to remember and cherish and not forget. These these moments, these glimpses of time mm. that are so quick, they kind of, you know, pass by. So I want to hold on to them like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. And my my older one is a lot like that. The the, the, the moments with him are a bit more sporadic. So <laughs> But they mean a lot. They mean a lot. I only yeah. I might get like one every 2 weeks, but they so they mean, they mean more. He's just he's just a different yeah. kid. He's a different animal. So So there's similarities, I'm sure you can see with yeah. the boys. And so different. Both my boys are st- kind of day and night different in their own personalities. It's so funny to see them develop as I'm seeing with yours. And your boys are, you know, a little farther ahead than mine um, by a few years. It's just even at such a young age, seeing their personalities develop and grow, even at one, two, three, four, right? Yeah, Those it's ages. There. Yours, it's there. It's there. And it just gets more and more as they get older, I'm sure, with your kids. So you mentioned being a single, a single dad, single parent. So what's that been like for you? It's one of those things that like I you don't realize like the influences that your parents have on you until you like start mm. repeating some of the same things that they either said or like, you know, that they mm. did and you have to unlearn it. Like my mom was not great at relationships. Like, <laughs> okay. Like if there's like a how not to book, uh, she, she was like a co-author at least. Like I, okay. I, I don't want this to come. Like, I really, I feel bad because I don't want this to come off. Like I'm, I'm bagging on my mom. Cause like, sure. I, like she was here this past week and I like, I adore her and like, we get along mm-hmm. well. Like, I'm 100% the baby of the family and I'm a mama's boy, mm-hmm. but like relationships were tough for her. Uh, so I think that okay. for me, I like the boy's mom. There's a lot of similarities between her and my mom. And it mm-hmm. was like somebody who wanted to do well, but just didn't know how to like, 
stand up for themselves or like mm. tried to do right and didn't always understand the impact of their decisions. So like for mm. me, single parenting has been like a crazy journey because like we were never together. Like me and their mom were never like we weren't even dating. Like it was a, we were friends okay. with benefits, which, you know, <laughs> having two kids with somebody that you're friends with benefits with. I know, I know that I was part of this. Okay. Like I know, what? I know that well, she, I, yeah. So this is good. I'm glad, <laughs> that <was> good. I, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm glad that you recognize that you played a part. Yes. In yes. The, in, the, in the friends with benefit part that you, <laughs> it takes two right. to do that. And so, okay. So, so, so your, your boy's mom, friends with benefit, were you friends for a long time beforehand? And then. No, we, we, we worked together to be completely honest, but it was like so unhealthy. Like it was so unhealthy. It was just not right. like we never talked. We never communicated. Mm-hmm. It was right. really just like 98% physical attraction. So, I mean, so I think that there's a lot of na- naivety or naivety. I don't know how to say that word. I was very naive. I was in my mid twenties. I wasn't really mm. looking for a relationship. I wasn't really looking. I wasn't, you know, going to. I, I had not had this like healthy relationship model. I wasn't trying to get married. But ironically, like, growing up without the dad, I always knew I wanted to be a dad. Like I knew. Okay. I, I always worked with kids. I was a teacher. Um, I well, that actually happened after I had kids. But okay. even before that, I worked in daycares. I like growing okay. up. I, I helped out in my church with the children's church. So like basically, from the time I had to stop being a kid, I just started helping with kids. Hmm. Um, so I always okay. knew I wanted to be a dad. Like I, it was just right. inside of me, and because kids yeah. always made sense. It was like the place where this probably goes back to what we talked about with Sawyer. I just feel safe hmm. around them. I feel like things make sense. Yeah with kids. Mm. There's no overcomplicated like mess. Yeah. There's no mm. adult convoluted messaging in there. It's just right. it's like they see something, they'll say it, you know? They right. <laughs> it is right. there's, a, there's a straight line from their brain to their mouth. There's there's nothing else getting in the way. So kind of walk us through what happened like the the story of becoming a father. I think that would be yeah. Good for, for, I want to hear more about that. And I think the listeners would too, of like, how did you become a father? What was that like? And becoming a single dad and, and, and break that down for us. Tell us more about that story. Yeah. So, so basically, um, honestly, like a year long friends with benefits situation. And then it was before ghosting was a thing, but like, she kind of went, like the phone went quiet for about a week and eventually I was like, Hey, like, you know, whatever's going on, like, you know, we, we could talk about it. like I Alice is much like actually concerned about what might have happened or uh, she was upset about something. Then she said that we needed to talk in person. She sat me down and told me that she was pregnant. And hmm. and as you know, as somebody I I had pictured becoming a dad. Um this was not the way. This was not the way that I saw it happening. Um and it wasn't like, you know, I I it wasn't like, oh no, I'm not married. It's not it was just like I didn't want to have a child with her. Like it was just, mm. this wasn't how I saw it happening. I, like I thought that I would be with right. somebody. So I didn't tell anybody for like two weeks. What it, were you feeling in that two week period? What, what like emotions were coming up for you in that ooh, time? I thought my life was over, dude. People. I thought, I thought, yeah. I thought it was all done. I thought that I just ruined everything. I didn't even mm-hmm. have a solid plan. And I thought I ruined it. Like I wasn't like, mm. <laughs> I had graduated college. I wasn't doing anything with my life at that point. I just, I thought I ruined it. And then like those, th- those mm. two weeks, it just felt like the world was like, crushing in it just felt like i was like everything was like pushing down on me and Hmm. because i was keeping a secret i was like i was going to work i was talking to friends i was talking to my mom and i was just like 
you're going to have a kid. Like you're going to have a kid. And it was just like, it was like that this, weight of it was like, just pre- like crushing you as yeah. you're trying to kind of be normal, right. In the world around you and engaging work life friends. And you're like, but I'm, <laughs> I've got this humongous secret. It's, um, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so eventually I sat down and I talked to my mom and I told her hmm. she knew who Rachel was at that point. The okay. boys and mom is Rachel. Um, she knew who Rachel was. She like had a physical reaction. She, I told her she, I, that Rachel was pregnant. She was like, I was like this. But then, you know, the first words, and this is why I, I can tell you, you know, I, I, I don't bag on my mom mm-hmm. without the fact that she's amazing. Her first words were like, you know, it's going to be okay. Hmm. And that's so she that, brings comfort in a different way. Yeah. Right. Your mom may not have been going back to that real quick. She may not have been as physically comforting and affectionate, but you felt comfort in a, and cared for in other ways. Yeah. Her The first words were, I mean, care. It wasn't mm-hmm. rejection or what the heck's wrong with you, <laughs> but it's going to be okay. Yeah. And did and that help at all? Oh my gosh. Some of that? It was, okay. it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was exactly mm-hmm. what I did. Cause that, because that was the opposite of what I was thinking. I thought that right. nothing was going to be okay. And right. panic. And she yes. just kind of. So, yeah. So at that point, uh, I, I mean, I, I just started doing what I thought you were supposed to do. I started going with the, the doctor's appointments. I started uh, trying to, you know, I make Rachel lunch. She actually has two older kids. So I um, would help like babysit, especially as she got like further into the pregnancy. And it was a shift for us because it was, it went from a relationship that was like 98% physical attraction to okay now we have to like talk about like (laughs) life plans you know like it was also very apparent that we weren't going to like try to make it work for the kid like it was very very quickly uh established that like we weren't going to try to date like it wasn't there for me you guys came to that conclusion together or just for you is more of an internal process of hey we're not we're not going to try and make it work a relationship but we're going to try and be cordial for this unborn baby? Well, we, we went on a date. Uh, that was like, you know, I, I think that we, like, we both were like, you know, let's, let's see. And honestly, you know, that was one of the first times that we like hung out with the intention of like not sleeping together at the end of the mm-hmm. night. Like it was just, let's go out to dinner. We went out to dinner. We had like saw a movie. We, we talked about it afterwards and, you know, I think I led the discussion more so, but yeah, it was, it was very early established, um, that it wasn't going to be that. And, and so, you know, we had Elliot and, uh, we, we, she, I, I would spend a lot of time at her apartment when he was like birth to six months. And then yeah. at six months, he started staying over, uh, and mm. where, where I was, I was, I was living with my mom at the time and he would stay overnight, like one or two nights a week, um, starting okay. at six months. And yeah. then pretty quickly after that, we did a 50, 50 schedule. Okay. But again, like we had gone from like, you know, sleeping together 99% of the time that we saw each other to not. And then mm-hmm. we slept together a couple of times and then she got pregnant again. And it was like, mm. Whereas like the first pregnancy was like this shock and like what's going to happen. There was a lot of anger with that second time. Hmm. For on your, on your end or her end or both? Or? Both. It was, oh. I think that we were so angry that we, that, that happened again and we projected it at each other. Like it was that there was like, hmm. there, that was like the, one of the few times it's ever been like, hostile between us like mm. it wasn't ever violent it wasn't ever like yeah. it wasn't ever like mean things that were not true it was just like mm-hmm. 
I remember very clearly her telling me like, I wish this was anybody but you, <laughs> like, you know, just, okay, sure. uh, and wow. I think that I said similar things. It was just what I do when I'm truly upset with somebody is I just act like they don't exist. Uh, that, yeah. that, especially when I was younger, I would just, yeah. if I'm just upset true. with you, the worst, yeah. cause that's the worst thing I could, that somebody could do to me was just act like I, that I don't exist. So to me, uh. That's like, uh, because that feels like what when someone asks acts as if you don't exist. Like, how does that feel? It takes all of the control away from me. Like, like Mm. I have nothing. I can't. I can't shake you. I can't. Yeah. I I felt. Yeah. So yeah. So for me, that was like a power trip. But you know, we at some point you got to realize you're having a kid together. So it uh, again, this will come up probably later. But like apologizing wasn't my strong suit then and it wasn't hers either so i don't know if we ever like had a conversation to like put things to bed like to to squash it it was just like one day we just weren't as mad and then the next time we saw each other we were a little bit less mad and then eventually we were talking again and it it just all started working out and then in came baby number two. Yeah. And then Sora was born. Um, yeah. And, and again, it was a similar thing, six months at the house or apartment. And then. Yeah. And, and, 50, and like, 50? yeah. And, and with that, like Elliot was already spending time with me. Um, so it was just, we would add Sawyer into the mix and I you know, I'd spend an extra time with her Sawyer when I would like pick up or drop off Elliot too. So like, it was just, okay. you know, it was, it was, I don't know if the, I don't know what the rule book or like the, the guidebook says about those things, but it felt like we were doing okay. It felt like, you know, we, we both loved them. We both yeah. were making sure that we were, well, I, I, I will say this. I will say this early on. Uh, she helped me mature very much as a, as a dad. I will give her that credit like a hundred percent because there, I remember there was a time and this is 100% calling myself out that mm-hmm. I, the night before I was supposed to get Elliot for the day, like a Sunday, um, I had gone to a winery and I got very drunk and mm-hmm. that Sunday I was very hungover and I had mm-hmm. Elliot for like seven or eight hours. And he was, I mean, if Sora wasn't quite born yet, he was like under 15 months and mm-hmm. I didn't change his diaper once. Mm-hmm. And she like, let me have it. She was like, I'm right. just not like, what the hell? Like, I'm, you just don't get to see him if this happens again. And that was, so that's a, it was like a wake up call. Yeah. Even though you and her weren't relationally close, there was, like you said, a good thing that came from that was a wake-up call of maturing quickly of, hey, this is serious, can't do this. Mm-hmm. And you heard it. It yeah. hit you. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so, yeah. So, yeah. stuff like that, you know, I have been hung over around them since. I, I <laughs> But it was never to that degree. I would still take care of what needed to be taken care of. So, I mean, we, we, we made that work um, for a while. Um, and, I mean, I guess, this is where it gets crazy is that, like, uh, if it, for those of you who don't think this is crazy yet, um, yeah, the- I, I, I know, I know a little <laughs> bit of where this is going and yeah, it, uh, it's, it's not crazy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's life, uh, it's life and, and probably making, well, you tell me, I'm, I'm going to say this and, and I know, I mean this in no disrespect, but some immature choices. Oh my um, gosh. Toxic, like unhealthy. It was, okay. it was, it was, it was, a, we, the yeah. way I would describe it, we were just like the worst cocktail mix of mm. like unhealthy, uh, yeah. coping mechanisms and all like, it was like somehow we found each other because. Yeah. Well, there's that saying, right. That water, you know, meets its own level, right. That it 
or water attracts its own level, right? Yeah. You kind of yeah. come and, but I, I think you could say that now because you have grown and become mm-hmm. healthier and have been on a journey of health and growth that you can look back and say that. Um, and so that's what I mean. I mean it in no disrespect, but more of a, hey, that was a, and you agree. Yeah, these are really toxic, immature, unhealthy choices that I made. Um, and you could say that now in confidence, knowing that you've come so far since, you know, J eight, nine years ago yeah. to Jay today. And so it's crazy that it started eight, nine years ago. Oh, yeah. that is, yeah, that's is, a is long it, time. Is it a weird thought, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that started that long ago. And so to not, just to keep sharing. So, so you have these two boys and then something, you know, you find out a pretty, well, you find out something pretty serious and pretty surprising and shocking so well yeah so like like, to be fair like the the unhealthy decisions didn't stop so we Mm. we had not even fully stopped sleeping together like it would and it it was like less right like before it was a lot you know after elliot it was less and then after sawyer was like it was almost like muscle memory at that point like something would Mm -hmm. happen it was like there was still attraction but it was just like it was even in the moment i would be like what the hell am i doing but yeah so she got pregnant again wait a third time a third time yeah, Third time. There, okay. I mean, I can only I can only share so much of that little Instagram bio. So she gets pregnant a third time. There were a lot of red flags uh, mm. in that pre- in that pregnancy. Like I, I had started dating somebody else because um, I, I I was finally ready to like fully move on. Um, it was like the first person I had dated since like her and I like since Elliot since Elliot was mm-hmm. like the pregnancy of Elliot. This is the first person I was going to be dating. And like Rachel and I, it was like a month after our last time sleeping together that like I met this person and started dating them. And then I told Rachel and then like two weeks after I told her, she told me that she was pregnant. So, I mean, I've never gotten a straight answer out of her for the reasoning or the timing. So I don't make assumptions. Um, She told me that it was mine and that obviously ended that relationship I just started. I went through that whole pregnancy under some like false uh, things. Like she had even hmm. told me before that, that like her tubes had, were tied. So like even there was just like, it was hmm. just it, like, it was almost like this like tower of falsehoods was starting to crumble. Um, okay. And then, okay. and then that it was a baby girl. Her name is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Everything felt wrong. Like everything, hmm. like it was just, it, I don't know how else to describe it. It just, I'm not like a spiritual person. I'm not like, I, I don't know what I am. It just felt wrong. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.